Jesus, we're fully aware that um, apart from you, we can, uh, we're just like a feather floating in the wind or going one way one day and the next day another. So we ask you to, to hold us close, to cause us to focus on who you are, on your word and on your glory, and most of all, on your son, Jesus. And it's in his name, Lord, that we ask you to, to be exalted in all that we say and do this day. Amen. You know, when Tia was talking about <clears throat> this image of the tree, what came to mind all of a sudden, for whatever reason, was a verse out of Ecclesiastes. And it's the verse that nobody else in the world ever had for a salvation verse. And it's the one the R.C. Sproul said caused him to come to the Lord and to see himself the way he was. And it's a really strange verse. But in the 11th chapter of Ecclesiastes, the first uh, part, of it, part of it says, if the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And the next part is the part that caused him to have a salvation experience. It says, if a tree falls in the south or the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it shall lie. Now, how in the world do you get an epiphany, a, a salvation experience after that? And what he said was that he saw himself as this tree falling down and rotting on the ground. And he was all alone. And it caused him to, God opened his heart because that's the way he saw himself. And that's the way we need to see ourselves apart from Jesus lying on the ground, rotting, all alone, without Christ. But anyway, I thought that was, that's what came to mind when Tia was talking about a tree for some reason. Been a lot of songs this morning. And there's one that caused me to proceed the way I'm going today. <coughs> Pardon me, it's mainly a, a praise chorus, I think, that I remember from when I first became a Christian, and you used to hear a lot of children singing it. And it goes, love him in the morning when you see the sun arising, loving in the evening since he sees you through the day, and in the in-between time when you feel the pressures rising, remember that he loves you and promises to stay. Maybe later I'll get married to sing it, but it's it really was on my mind, just like Tia's song was on her mind. You know, it's a catchy chorus, but mainly it's a true one. So what do you do when you feel the pressures rising? Do you get angry? irritable, you get frustrated, you get scared, or do you look to and call on the Lord for help, for understanding, and peace? I think it depends on how sure we are that God is ultimately in control. It depends on how certain we are in the truths the Bible proclaims again and again. Psalms 4, verse 3 reads, But know that the Lord has set apart the godly man for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. And the 56th Psalm, in verses 3 and 4, says, When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise. In God I have put my trust, I shall not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? To believe that God loves us and can see us through the day requires that we know who he is. Scripture starts with, in the beginning, God. 
the Hebrew word translated God in this verse is Elohim. And what Elohim means is the supreme one or the mighty one. The word's plural, but it's used and listed here as if it's singular. The word is plural again. And what this does is emphasize that God is one being who exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Scripture in different places show that all three are equally involved in creation. From the first verse of scripture in Genesis, we know this, God is self-existent. Before anything or anyone else, there was God. Everything else has a cause for existence. God is the uncaused, uncreated one and the ultimate cause of all creation. Psalms 90 verse two says, before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. The first chapter of John in verse three, it says all things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. So you see from different verses, you've got God, the Holy Spirit and God, the son and God, the father all involved in creation. And God is self-sufficient. He has no needs and depends on no one. Anything and everything can go away, but God will still exist. He alone is worthy of our trust. He doesn't need us for anything. Yet nevertheless, he stoops down to work in us and through us to have relationship with us. There are a lot of questions that God asked Job, but one of them is, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. What is the way to the place where light is distributed or where the east wind is scattered upon the earth? And God's questions to Job are many, showing his all sufficiency with no need of anything from anyone and God is eternal. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He's unchanging. His will and his promises stand firm to all generations. We are eternally secure in his arms because his son made that possible. The eternal God gives eternal life. John 6, 40 says, for this is the way, the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. This is the one that sees us through the day. The chief way God reveals himself to us is through the scriptures. So how do we know we can trust the Bible? Why should you stake your life on this book? Can you trust it to lead you in the way you should go? Good questions. And we need to know the answer. And scripture has stood the test of time and the attack of countless critics throughout history. Prophetic events have been fulfilled without error and with an accuracy that can only be explained by a God who knows and controls the future. Archeology span continues to endorse biblical claims as more and more ancient sites are uncovered. Ultimately, however, God's Holy Spirit awakens the dead. He awakens hearts and minds to recognize and believe what is true. The Bible consists of 66 books written by more than 40 human authors and across 1500 years. And yet there's one singular message in scripture. 
God is the true author of scripture. And it's his grand story from beginning to end. They're his very words. Proverbs 35 says, every word of God is tested. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. Jesus prayed in John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is true. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God might be adequate, equipped for every good work. Without God's book to frame our lives, we toss up and down with every worldly trend and popular idea. Ephesians 4 calls it every wind of doctrine. One day it's one thing and one day it's another and we've got no anchor to hold us in place. Without God's sovereign plan as a blueprint and a screening for the daily news that we see, we're left without this anchor and not very much hope. When you feel the pressures rising, read the scriptures, meditate on the Psalms. People were not created to live in isolation. So we search for meaningful activities and groups to identify with, yet most offer only temporary satisfaction. We were created to know God intimately, to be in union with him. Now this union was lost in the fall, but it's restored by the perfect sacrifice of God's son, Jesus Christ. One day believers are going to see him in his glorified state and we will be like him in the resurrection. First John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now we are the children of God and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. The first chapter of John, verses 11 and 12 says, he came to his own and those were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to, to those who believe in his name. The eighth chapter of Romans 16 and 17 says, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, we're heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. God knows everything about us. Amazing as it sounds, nothing about us limits his love for us. And that's an amazing thought that even though he knows us intimately, he loves us. Why would we put all of our trust and energies in obtaining and holding on to things that don't last? Matthew 6, 19 and 21 says, do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where the moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but lay up your treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The most fulfilling life is one that's lived in continual awareness of God's unfailing love and his constant presence. When you feel the pressures rising, remember that God is responsible not for just your existence, but for your worth and highest purpose. The God who is infinitely higher desires to be ultimately close. What was the most tragic event in human history? 
I'm sure you get a, a wide variety of answers from everywhere, but the answer should be obvious if we think about it to everyone with spiritual insight. The most tragic event was humanity's fall into sin and judgment in Genesis 3. Man and woman went from a perfect place with God, the perfect place in the world, and a perfect place with each other, and they fell. Rebellion against God occurred, and peace and harmony disappeared forever. Catastrophic and far-reaching events invaded the world. Sin, suffering, and death was the result. All through history, all mankind has been affected. Romans 5.12 says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin. What a tragedy. What a great tragedy. Everything ruined. It's been said that all humanity sits on death row. Something to meditate on. Romans 6, 23 says the wages of death of sin or death is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life and Jesus Christ, our Lord. You want to get off of death row? Believe. Place your trust in Jesus. Sins cause us to be fearful and insecure in relationships. Alienation, isolation, pain, and guilt walk with us continually. And most terrible of, of all, that we doubt, distrust, reject, and rebel against the love of God who created us. These are not easy words, but if we're going to know the redeeming grace and power of God, we have to know how rebellious, prideful, and unfaithful we have been, and sadly, still are, and often, often are. A sick person will never seek a doctor if he doesn't know he's sick. And we're far worse than sick without Jesus. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Understanding that sin has a universal death hold on humanity brings clarity when we look at the world around us. We stop expecting human solutions to the brokenness we see all around. We see that only God can solve the problem. Flawed people can't meet the needs that only God can provide. They can only give deceptive promises and cheap counterfeits instead. Sin is defeated in Jesus. Sin blinds all people to the truth of the gospel. And we run away from God rather than seeking. But wonder of wonders, God seeks and saves sinners. Faith in Jesus sets us free from the penalty of sin. He breaks the power of sin. So believers are free to choose not to sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke 19.10 says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Only, <clears throat> only Jesus can restore what sin cost and lost. So, when you feel the pressures rising, focus on the sin that has been removed from you. God's Word tells us we can't stop sin. It says it's a universal deformity of human nature found in every point and every person. Romans 3, 10 and 11 says, as it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. 
all have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Both testaments have names for sin that displays its ethical character as rebellion against God's rule, transgressing God's law, offending God's purity, and incurring guilt before God the judge. It's a spirit of fighting God in order to play God. Sin spreads until God steps in to judge and stop the evil. God promises judgment, believe it or not, to believers and unbelievers. And it's basically divided into what the theologians call one evaluated judgment. And that's a judgment upon believers. And it's a judgment according to our level of obedience in this world. Our sins are covered by the atoning death of Jesus. But there are at least 25 times in the New Testament we're told we will be rewarded according to our works. One of them in Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. The other judgment is punitive judgment, and it's a judgment upon unbelievers for their sins. Matthew 25, 41 says, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. God alone declares what's worthy and what's good. Christians can know that their work on earth matters because God will reward faithful obedience. God's indwelling spirit produces works that will stand the test of eternity. The truth that I will face God as judge determines how I will live. If I don't believe God is my judge, I can live any way that pleases me. But when you know that one day I will stand before God who knows everything about me, I measure my thoughts, I measure my words, and I measure my deeds according to his standards and not mine. I know my own efforts can never meet his, so I rejoice in the rescue provided to me in Jesus. When you feel the pressures rising, focus on the grace that has been freely given to you. So love him in the morning when you see the sun arising. Love him in the evening since he sees you through the day. And in the in-between time, when you feel the pressures rising, remember that he loves you and he promises to stay. Let's pray. Lord, the pressures seem to be constant. And that's why we constantly need to be before you, to seek your face, to love you, Lord, and to love your word, and to be eternally grateful for Jesus, because he's the one that helps us when the pressure's rising because he sees us, Lord, and he knows us, and he calls us his own. And Lord, we are eternally grateful, and we give you thanks in your name. Amen. Thank you, Greg. <clears throat> so, who feels the pressure rising? And who doesn't? <laughs> I was thinking, is, is anybody excluded from feeling the pressure rising? Do you remember, do you remember back in the day when you, you would think, if I could just make it through that exam next Thursday, man, that life would be so simple after that. I, just, I remember having that thought every week, it seemed, and then it went to every 
day. <laughs> I can just make it through, you know, Wednesday. Um, why does God care so much? It's his nature. He didn't create us for wrath. He created us for fellowship. Yeah. So there's never a reason to be afraid to come to him yeah. in the midst of pressure. Even if you failed a thousand times in a row, yeah. you come to him again. He'll receive you if you come in Christ's name. Well, you, you look in the Old Testament and you see these patriarchs, you know, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and they fail time after time after time. But God doesn't say, okay, that's it. No more chances. He chose them. He made a covenant with them. And he never, ever forsakes them. Now, when you do something wrong, you get punished for it but he doesn't throw you away you're still his yeah 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 and i maybe we should when you say pressure greg what what comes to mind when you use the word pressure the desire to rely on myself the desire to fit forget god and just go my own way to lash out in anger at those that I think are crazy and this sort of thing. So all the all those pressures that um, without God almost overwhelm you. Yeah. And there's there's almost always a trigger point, whether it be a, a physical pain or a, another person that's that's done something you don't like or a situation that you don't like or you feel pressure to conform or pressure to produce. Yeah. And there's a trigger that says. I'm just going to do it my way and forget God. Yeah. Any other thoughts, church, you want to share? Maybe, maybe later Mary can do the chorus because she knows it better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg, I did look up the words and the, the second part of that song says, when you feel like you're in a hurry because you've got a lot to do, you don't need to worry because God has always got time for you. <laughs> Isn't that a, like Tia said, he would never leave us or forsake us whenever we turn to him, whenever we come to him, no matter how far we've gone, no matter, um, no matter what, he's always got time for us. Yeah. Even in the midst of the pressures and the stress and the, all of that. We can always turn to him. Amazing. Well, where's the, where's the verse that says, since he gave us his son, he will not withhold anything else from us. Yeah. I guess it's in Romans somewhere. Romans 832. Is that it, Wayne? Good. Romans, Romans. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I realize that all of life is spent really trying to grasp how good God is, how kind and considerate he is, how faithful he is, how loving and compassionate he is. Because every time my mind tries to create something, it tries to create a, a filter that God is, you know, demanding and all these sorts of things. Um, and of course, if you come to him apart from Christ, that's dangerous territory because it's in Christ that he is these things for us. Well, one of the difficulties is a lot of times is that you see, you see the wicked seeming to prosper and you see yourself going through all kinds of difficulties and things that you think other people don't go through. Of course they do you just don't see it but you know you can look at the the patriarchs again and they're having to, to pray 
that, that God will open the womb of their wives so that they can have children. And they go for years and years, childless, wondering if it's ever going to happen. And then you look at Esau, and he's, he's, it's, it's, his, his descendants are everywhere. He doesn't pray for anybody. He doesn't, he doesn't even know God or doesn't care about God. And so he, he said from, from Esau comes chiefs and kings and all of this other stuff. And here Jacob's having to wait. And Isaac's having to wait. And Abraham's having to wait. And you go, is this fair? But God's doing something that we don't see. Yeah. 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 Any other thoughts you might want to share? I've got one. Um, just in my readings, um, I hope I get the right tribe right as far as the Levites. Um, the brothers that killed the ones that raped their daughter, their sister, Dinah. In the Reuben and, uh, yeah, it was uh, Simeon and Levi, I think. Yeah, yeah. that's almost right. The, just to think of God's redemptive love that he still rose those men up to become priests. Mm. And how, how quick we can be to condemn others and I just lost you. We, we, we hear you, we, we, we see, see you. you. My dad's calling in, I'll, I'll catch him in a minute. So, um, so anyway, just the way that God loves us, no matter what we've done, we've never gone too far. And I know for myself over the years, um, there have been a couple of times that I did turn and try to do it on my own and that got me nowhere. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to point that out just with, with a sharing there. Thank you, Grace. Thanks, Greg. I was um, in Grace. That was um, this morning. I was reading the um, the end of Deuter. Well, not the end, but Moses is sort of locker room talk to the Israelites before he checked out and passed on his um, leadership to Joshua. And um, he was just, it was a great um, parallel to what you shared today um, because he was talking against pride and fear, fear one time and pride twice. <laughs> we need, we have extra pride, I guess. So, but, um, but, he seemed to be saying uh, that um, the cure or the, the way to come out of that is to remember, to remember. He kept telling the Israelites to remember what God had done and who he is. And um, so anyway, I was just thinking about that. And in that song, it says, remember that he loves you. <laughs> remember that. <laughs> so um I was just thinking about those things when you were talking. Thank you, Greg. Smile, Jan, you'll be okay. <laughs> Greg, I was, one final thing is, um, you said, what's the most tragic event that's ever happened? And of course, I, I, um, I guess it's all a matter of perspective, right? Because to me, what first thing came to mind was the cross of Christ. Well, me too. But that's not tragic. That's that's planned. And if that didn't happen, we'd all be lost. So it's yeah. Well, but that's why I say it's, it's a matter of perspective. Because on the one hand, it is a it was a tragedy. It was the greatest injustice ever. It wasn't injustice with man's sin, but it was an injustice to crucify Christ. But from our standpoint, this tragedy has turned into our greatest blessing because it, it, it paid the debt we couldn't pay, you know? And um, in fact, there's a, there's a song I'd like for us to sing as we close the, our time together, When Our Survey the Wonders Cross. Um, and, and honestly, I would, I would try to, I just suggest when you feel pressures, 
look at the cross, consider the cross, the, the work of Christ there, and realize if, if God would do that for you, he will take care of all your other problems and concerns. He really will. So uh, let's put that up here. Let's have this final song. Oops, let's see. And Bill, while you're while you're putting that up, um, yeah, go ahead. All through the meeting, I've been thinking about a scripture in Romans, um, and I was in 4-H for a lot of years and did demonstrations, which you would take a concept and show people practically how to do something. You would demonstrate it, and and what I've been thinking of is, but God demonstrates His love for us. In this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And and that all of the things, Greg, that you talked about of who he is and and uh, and what he does, he demonstrates it. And so when we survey the wondrous cross, I mean that's the reality of his demonstration of his great love for us. That he would he would die for us while we were still sinners. That is redemption. When I survey the
grace draw near and bless your name. All who gather here by grace draw near and bless your name. Thank you, Lord God, that this great tragedy, when our head, Adam, sinned against you and Eve and cast us all, Lord, into this judgment, that this other tragedy, which turned out to be our greatest blessing, that Christ came for us. And Lord, he was chastised. His branches were cut off. Lord, he was lying there in the grave, still and alone and dead. And then, Lord, it wasn't a tragedy at that point. It was a victory that you gave life to Christ. He took his life back on because death had no power over him. And so, Lord, now when we face pressures and temptations, we realize, Lord, that your grace is with us because you promised it to be, and it is. So, Lord, we ask you to give us this, this week what we need, our, our daily bread, Lord. Fill our lives, Lord, with all that you purpose for us. And, Lord, let us live for you, for your glory. And let us live, Lord, in the love and the fellowship of Christ and in the love and fellowship with, for each one another. And, Lord, for all of the called church of God, wherever they may be on this planet. Thank you, Lord, for this gift. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here with us. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Greg. Mary, let's look to you. Okay. I know some of you that were on at the beginning know that it is Rebecca Joy King Minope's birthday today. And so we want to wish you a happy birthday, Rebecca. And we're going to, we will, would you rather us sing to you or pray for you or both? Both. I really want to hear how the song sounds. <laughs> wow. okay. well, let, me, let me do a couple of other announcements, and then we will we will sing to you. And sure. then sure. Um, I'm I'm going to ask somebody to pray for you. Okay. All righty. Um, the Durham family is going to be celebrating a birthday on Friday, and that would be Jesse's birthday, Friday. And um, then together as a church, we're going to be celebrating Rebecca, Jonathan, and your little baby girl next Sunday yeah. for a shower. And um, all of you, please refer to your email that Pat sent out with all the details. And we hope that you can come. We are um, looking forward to just a real time of celebration next Sunday afternoon at 3 um, a couple of things we've gotten word from Peru and some of our dear friends have been suffering greatly. Of course, the family of Pastor Arsenio that a number of you know um, is still grieving his loss and his family is going through some real serious issues health-wise and um, one, of, one of their sons is in the hospital um, so if we could remember his family and also Blanca, our friend Blanca has COVID. Mm -hmm. So we didn't think she did. We thought it was just pneumonia, but it is uh, now they're saying it's COVID. But a number of people in Peru are suffering, as are people all over this country and the world. So let's not forget to pray for brothers and sisters around the world and, um, and to pray for... Uh, 
a, a quick resolve on this whole COVID issue. So I think those are the announcements I have. Any other announcements before we sing? And then I ask Jill Bueller to pray for Rebecca. Yeah, I just would like to say, uh, just to join in with that prayer request for Peru. Um, uh, up at YWAM Richmond, I think six people are now positive for COVID. They've had a breakout up there. And one of the guys on, one of my students in the master's program, he just tested positive. He asked for prayer this morning for the base there. And then also um, in Peru, one of our students, um, his father's got COVID, his wife's got COVID and the numbers there are really bad. And uh, so there's just, so we could just, I mean, we could just go down a whole list of countries, but those are just a couple of ones I just thought I would mention for prayer. Okay, so Jill, when you pray for Rebecca, if you would also pray for um, Richmond and Peru. Okay, but Rebecca, we're going to sing to you first. So are you ready for this? I am ready. I cannot wait. Everybody <laughs> unmute. What? Everybody unmute their microphones. Okay, so for Rebecca, happy birthday to Happy birthday, Happy birthday, Happy birthday, Happy birthday, Happy birthday, Happy birthday, Okay, Jill, if you will, if you'll pray for Rebecca and, and the other Thank you so much for Rebecca and the joy that she brings to our fellowship and to her family, Lord. And um, I just lift her up this special year as she's a mom, Lord, and she's going to baby into the world. That all the fears that she has, she would just lay at your feet, knowing that you are her God and you're going to be there with her. And you have a great plan for this baby and this new family developing, Lord. And I just thank you for that. And I just pray that you would um, equip her with everything she needs um, for life and godliness as a, as a new mom. And I thank you so much for this. This blessing to all of us. We just lift her up before you. And Lord, we also lift up the countries that are really struggling right now. The one that on our heart is Peru, but Lord, there's so many countries and we just lift up those families, Blanca and Pastor Arsenio's family and so many others, Lord, that are really going through tough times. And we pray that they would feel your presence and that you would be there to comfort and to heal and to bring wholeness to those people, Lord. We just ask for hope for the country of Peru. And we also just lift up... Um, upon those that are sick and that you would do a great work there lord even amidst hard times lord jesus we just pray for a touch a healing touch on each one of those that are sick lord and for your protection over that base and we thank you that you are god over all and that you are in and working through all situations and we just trust you in all these places in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, it's a beautiful day today. Give thanks to the Lord. When you feel the pressure rising, come to him. Amen. John has your family. Now. Yes. Yay. Turn up your yeah. Just turn up your volume. All right. Thank you. I think they're setting. Uh, I don't know why they select another setting. But anyway, <laughs> good now. Yeah. Um, we are all okay. Good. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Yeah. And also, uh, actually, I, I'd like to say um, when Greg shared uh, your uh, speak just now. Um, I think I really uh, appreciate you mentioned that focus on the things which were removed from yours when you feel 
pressure. And that made me thinking. Um, and also you mentioned that um, measure yourself based on law, uh, God's standard, not, not mine, not people's standard. Mm. That really, I think uh, when I read Bible uh, these days, I read Bible for, uh, I think, these couple of months. That's something really let me realize that. Because before, when people mention things, I really didn't understand uh, what it is really is things. And when we, if I trans translate things in Chinese, that is sui wu. That means somebody really did something wrong. I thought somebody if uh, put him to prison or really did something very bad, that is things. But common people, most of the common people are good people. I cannot understand why uh, things, um, what's the relationship between things and common people. Until I um, joined the church and study, um, get to learn more about Bible, I realized, oh, so things, when we say things, how we can tell that it's things or not, is not based on people's standard. It's based on God's standard. Mm. So then at that time, I look back, look back to myself I realized um, before I always think uh, I, I thought I consider myself as a good person. I, I, I don't feel I try to help people. I like my coworkers. I like my friends. I uh, try to do good things for my family. But actually, it's really many things I didn't do good. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe that is something make me thinking it's mm -hmm. really good to uh, it's really good to review people ourselves based on what Bible t tell us, what mm -hmm. God said. That's really important thing. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes really that me feel pressure then. <laughs> 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 and also some some um, <clears throat> scripture mentioned that uh, if you believe in God, God will always love you, always be, be with you. But sometimes that if you did something wrong, can go to the hell uh, if, if you did something wrong by your eyes take off your eyes if you did something by your hands cut your hands those make me think oh will that be really happen or is that really what God want um, people to do or it's just uh, mm, that people really think uh, don't do bad things at all try to follow what God wants us to follow. Um, so that some, as we said, one day I think in this way, but the other side, the other day, maybe have another thought. It make me, um, you know, somehow it's, it's right it's on, <laughs> on, my, on my head. Mm. Um, and sometimes I feel something I could do good, but something I maybe I didn't do good, but I try to, um, improve myself mm. and I really like what Tia shared just now of, of the image of the tree uh, every, everybody maybe just like the tree uh, some branches with all the trees all the uh, all the leaves very beautiful and maybe mm. some branches it's nothing so like we have many strong points many good things but at the same time maybe we sometimes some point are very weak or really need to improve so that really inspired me i think um, we really need to uh, look into myself into ourselves to think what we need to improve how we can do how we can be a better person and also when i think oh actually there are many things were removed from myself um, all the lucky things is just because have God and remove all the all the things from me. Um, then I start to to learn grateful, not always um, feel myself is good. Um, I have to be humble. Have to be no. There's a lot of things I need to improve. I need to uh, learn. So that's really 
Jan, you're amazing. Hmm. All of those thoughts going through your head and your mind, and you're trying to weigh them all out and, hmm. uh, and understand what Jesus has for you. Mm -hmm. um, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. God is God is so at work, mm -hmm. um, and and those answers aren't necessarily easy. I mean, do we does He really want us to cut off our hand, or is He really trying to tell us how dangerous sin is? Yes. Yeah. You know, and 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 so, but every when you first read those words, they come across you, and and you want to understand what God is saying through them. So it's, it's really good to be thinking about that, meditating on it, and, and asking questions is really good, too. So, but it's amazing to see what God's doing. You bless me. Thank you. Hmm. And really, I feel um, God changed us, changed our life, hmm. like, like us uh, live more uh, positive. I think that's just, I, I, I can feel that. Yeah. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Part of the problem, Jan, is that you have a bad husband. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a good man. <laughs> you don't you don't tell Julie the same thing, do you, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> no, Julie. That you have a bad husband? No. <laughs> No, she already knows it. <laughs> she might disagree with you. She loves me. And I have to say, Sean is good. Yeah. <laughs> he is. We agree. First, Pat. Yes. Pat is a woman of excellence. So we love Pat. She's in the dungeon right now. <laughs> Mike, any word from Galena? Well, um, she was interviewing another caregiver today, and it was determined no for that one. So okay. that's the word for today. All right. And, ha and happy Pi Day. Yeah, happy Pi Day, Rebecca. And update Zoom. There's an update out there. Yeah, there's an update for Zoom. Hey, y'all pray for Galena's mother. Uh, if you've been in the prayer meetings, you understand. But she she has lost her will to get up out of the bed and to try to walk. Uh, and so Galena is there trying to find uh, another caregiver to watch, watch her mom. But if her mom has lost the will to get out of the bed, first she lost the will to stand up and walk. And now she's in the bed and she's lost the will to get out of the bed. So um, it's going to take a work of God to really, uh, Help her. Her name is Vera. Yeah. So, well, Mike, when you talk to her, tell Galena that we love her and we're praying for her and her mom. Yeah. She also likes to receive emails. They really do encourage her. So if um, any of you are lacking her email address, um, Mike, could you maybe put that out on the loop for anybody who might want to correspond with her? Yeah, she's yeah. she's in a very difficult place there. Yeah. 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 Well, it's good to see y'all. Happy yep. birthday, Rebecca. Thank Happy you. birthday, Rebecca. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy How's birthday. How's your baby doing, Rebecca? I mean, she's there. She's, she's still there There's, so far like people ask me all the time like how is she doing like i mean so far nothing terrible has happened <laughs> i guess that's the best news no news is good news i guess okay nothing terrible yet you still getting hungry i mean that's normal yeah all right all right i'm getting hungry <laughs> Yeah. No matter who you are, I mean, you you get you get hungry. <laughs> All right, so Mike Mike put Galena's email address in the chat box. So look down there for that little chat box and click it and get Galena's email address. So you won't get bombarded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, y'all. Well, God bless you all. Um, 
So next Sunday is a, is Zoom in the morning and face to face for a shower in the afternoon, and then maybe it gets a little bit warmer. We can meet at a park someplace for church. I'm yeah. hoping that, that we can do that soon. Yeah, it's just it's just difficult to have the meeting and the Zoom at the same time, but we'll we'll work on figuring out that. But um, it's in my blood. I, I got to get outdoors when or meet together when uh, it's safe. So absolutely, absolutely, yeah. All right, y'all. God bless everybody. God bless you. Bye. 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 Bye.